grid is live. Initiate light cycle battle. Welcome back. It is another episode, another time for week three beards. What's yeah. up? Here we are. We three beards. Here. It's here. It's happening. This is Nathan. And as always, I'm here with the other two beards. What's up, Trev? Hey, this is Trevor. Hi. And what's up, Joe? Hello, friends. How are we doing? I can hear them all out in podcast land and they're doing great. That's just <laughs> exciting to hear. How you guys been? What have you been up to? Good. Miss being in the same room with you guys, but it's great to hear you and see you like this. I know, right? Yeah. This is working out pretty good. It's not yeah, too it's bad. Been, it's been good. I have my my daughter, Sydney, is home from college. So <laughs> she's been home for a couple of weeks. And so it's been fantastic having all of my kids in the same place. All the kids like back in the same place. I have my three kids at home from school, and that's mostly good. I wish you one or two would leave. <laughs> well, we'll enjoy that time while we get it because we know that it, it always takes longer than you think it should. <laughs> but that's all good. Yeah, we're, we're excited wrapping up um, school and everything else and getting ready for a brand new year. Excited for 2022 and see what that's going to be bringing. Um, going to be a good year i'm going to call it right now not just the tire but it's going to be a good year because it has to be mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> agreed all right well, we got well, some guys. great things on the horizon i mean we got some we got some good we got some trips to take we got some movies to see we got some shows uh to like the book of Boba Fett. oh my goodness ah. yes <laughs> yes yes we'll save that for another podcast though because not this one we're going to say that I, that's, that's something that we have been saying to each other a lot, lot more is when we start having conversations. Nope. Save it for the podcast. Save it for the podcast. <laughs> Don't talk about it. it right now. <laughs> Save it for the podcast. <laughs> but no, so many good movies coming out this year. I cannot wait. Um, what are some movies that come to mind that you're really looking forward to being able to see this year? Oh my goodness. I know. Um, I'm still waiting for Top Gun to hit the theater, <gasps> and that's been Guys. kind of teasing us for a couple of years now. So Dude, we we saw yeah. Rise of Skywalker in IMAX, and I remember the trailer for Top Gun, mm-hmm. and we were like, "We're going to see that." Stupid yes. COVID. Stupid yes. COVID. It looked, Seems like forever ago. That was that was forever ago. It that was, was yep. that was literally almost three years ago now. Come yep. on. <laughs> ridiculous i keep thinking how did it's like it has to come out how did i miss that movie but no it still hasn't come out the one that the one that i'm looking at is and it's i mean as the time we're recording it hasn't come out yet but it probably will by the time we hit is matrix i am extremely excited to see matrix yes the more just seeing trailers of that i'm like ooh. okay when i first heard that they were going out with the fourth one like eh yeah it's probably not gonna be any good now I'm like really, really jazzed and excited. This, I feel I feel there's a little bit of the magic from that first one. Like the first one was so groundbreaking. And I remember I remember that feeling because I don't get surprised in movies often. Yeah. Um, because I mean they're just it's you know, it's so it's so scripted. They go by such so so yep. many different storylines and it's it all kind of seems to ramble together. Yeah. But I remember that I remember sitting there in the movie theater and I had gone with a bunch of friends from college who had already seen it once and I hadn't seen it yet. And they're watching me through that first beginning part. And I'm like, what the heck is happening? And then all of a sudden he comes up in the, you know, he wakes up in the pod and I shot forward. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Wait a minute. Wait, and wait, they wait, wait. all like freaked out. They're like, yes, that's exactly what we wanted. And it was like the last time that I really felt totally shocked in a movie. And it feels yeah. like they brought some of that magic back. I think At so. least in the previews. And I'm, I'm really, really excited. I think so. I think that's going to be, that's definitely going to be one that we'll be discussing at some point because I feel the same way that when seeing the first Matrix in the theater a billion years ago, it was, and I had, I had no idea about it. I knew nothing. I was just like, I'm going to go see a movie. Oh, Matrix is out. I'll go see that. And I yep. was just like, what did I just yeah. see? That was part of the best thing too because I had no, I knew nothing about it when I walked yeah. in. Yep. I had no idea about the storyline. And I was like, that's it. That could be one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. That's it. 
But speaking of best thing ever, I want to talk to you two about something that is near and dear to all of our hearts. And I know to anybody listening to this podcast, you're probably going to be shocked to hear that I want to talk about something Star Wars related. I know. We're going to talk about Back to the Future or Star Wars. But we're going to talk Star Wars. But I want to talk very specific about something because you two have been able to do something that I have yet to experience. And I cannot wait to experience. Yeah, you've both done it twice. I can't wait to experience. And that is. You got to live there. Galaxy's Edge. You got to go. In Disney. Yes. Galaxy's Edge. Star Wars Galaxy Edge. When I went to Disneyland, they were not quite open yet. Like you could hear the construction going on when I was there and it was so, so close. When we moved to Chicago, that was right when COVID hit. Our plan was originally to go to Disneyland on the way to Chicago, but then everything was closed down so we couldn't do it. And that was going to be, that was going to be my first experience. So I have yet to experience Galaxy's Edge. But you two not only have gone not once, but twice, which means I have in this podcast the collective knowledge and power of two Star Wars fans who have experienced Galaxy's Edge twice, once without Rise of the Resistance and once with Rise of the Resistance. And guys, I, me and the listening audience, I just need to pick your brains because I know at some point, I don't know when, I'm hoping soon, I will be going to Galaxy's Edge. And when I go, I want to make sure that I have the best experience possible. And I know you guys have had some fantastic experiences possible. So go ahead and share with us real quick. When did you go to Galaxy's Edge? Um, and at like what time of year was it that you went? So uh, Trevor, I'll have you go first. When did you go and about what time of year was it? Right. So I've actually, I've actually had uh, the privilege of going th- three times. My what? first, my first experience uh, was the summer that it, that the land first opened when they were still, they were still in the, in the, in the slow um, kind of release and you had to reserve far in advance and they took you by just to get in the land. Um, so that was June of uh 2019 and then and then uh so summer summertime but it was in that season where where people were people were not they weren't invading the parks yet because they were super nervous about star wars you know being such a huge thing and crowds were going to be too big and so we got to to be there for that which was an amazing experience and joe and i will both probably chat a little bit about the difference between that those first days that it was open versus yeah. what we've experienced since then. I yeah. got to go a second time later in the year. Um, it was the tail end of an annual pass that we had, which they don't have really anymore. Yes. Um, and I got to go just uh, Crystal and I. And so we got to go back and actually be there at night, which I didn't get to experience the first time. Mm. And then we went and then we went uh, this uh, just this year, a couple months ago, we got to go um, kind of culmination of a lot of a lot of things and we'd saved up for that. So Oh, yeah, this is fantastic. Time. So yeah. this is you you've got to experience um Galaxy's Edge both pre-COVID and post-COVID. Mm-hmm. So yes. you you both have good insight into kind of what it was like before all the restrictions and stuff that are going into place and the after the restrictions. Mm-hmm. So whenever you're listening to this, whether it's like we're still you've got some restrictions in place there, or if hopefully someday we're well enough past the pandemic that things can kind of go back to the way they were. You guys have already been able to experience it that way as well. Joe, when did you go to Galaxy's Edge? Yeah. So my first time was, was, was very similar to Trevor because it was right at the exact same time. We you ended up, yeah, we get to be not, there together. It was not a planned, it wasn't a planned vacation together, but it ended up being a semi-vacation together with my families and his families were there at the exact same time. Um, and so, so our first, our first time in was, was also that, you know, you had to go through the whole process, you know, I think months before we even got to the park and we had to, to sign up for a time. You just got like a four hour slot that you were able to just come into the park or in that part of the park. Mm-hmm. 
and look around and ride some rides and it was it was nice because it was it was a very very slow point there wasn't a ton of people in there or in the park and so it was it was nice to be able to experience all that without just gobs and gobs of people um and then so in that on that trip you know, you had to res you could res you know reserve to go in and i was actually able to jump in on somebody else's reservation at that time so i got experience the park in the day and then in the night on that same trip and we'll go we could probably go into that later but that's an experience right there just talking about the difference between what it is like during the day and what's like at night um and then i just got back about a month ago from being there um in november we were in there at the beginning of november um and so yeah just i mean there is there's i mean tons of similarities but there's definitely differences between the two um yeah. in a pre-covid world and the post-covid world yeah and and to be clear for everybody you both have experienced it at disneyland the disneyland version Correct. which to my knowledge there is not much difference in experience between what you would get at disneyland and what you would get at Hollywood Studios. And Just the humidity. World. Um, <laughs> the humidity location is a little bit different. but um, So that's awesome. This is super, super helpful. So as, as I ask these questions, feel free to, if you want to explain what it was like pre-COVID, post-COVID, because even the pre-COVID stuff, the fact that you guys got to, you, know, you were like one of the first people through the fact that mm -hmm. it was at so early that they were doing like this reserved four-hour block. So I know, yeah. you know. And I'll, I'll, I'll speak to that in part because I think it's both COVID related and, and the, and the reality that Disney was shut down for an entire year. Yeah. Um, so coming back to it after that, but those first, ex those first days, what we got to experience, um, that was just so remarkable. Uh, it literally was a land unto itself mm -hmm. and cast members that were trained to work there were, were citizens, residents of mm -hmm. that place and the language itself was different you you couldn't even walk in and talk to them as though you know it was a normal like where are the restrooms like they don't they, they didn't talk like that you know yeah. uh, where do i go to build a lightsaber oh shh, 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 shh. we don't talk about that here are you looking for Saudi's <laughs> workshop scrap metal do you want to build some scrap metal and it was that if, for the entirety and joe's right i mean it was a four-hour stint and so if you got lucky enough to be there, mm -hmm. um, you know, when, when, so uh, what's hard about that is it, it almost makes you feel bad even to talk about those days because that's not returning anytime soon. And it isn't just right. about mm -hmm. the, the fact that you've got social distancing and masks and things like that, but they simply don't have the same number of cast members available now with the same kind of training. Sure. Um, having said that though, and I'll let Joe speak to this, um, even going back with COVID restrictions and all of that, there were still moments where you saw the same kinds of characters walking mm -hmm. around and you got to engage on a, on a very similar level. And the truth is this land is so unique. Mm -hmm. It really does feel like you're still in Disneyland, but not in Disneyland. And I don't yeah. know how else to explain it except to say, you you legitimately feel like you're on a different planet. Yeah. You feel you feel like you're in a different world, but it's still tied to it. And I would go so far as to say, you know, I'm going to make this argument every time we talk about this. Disneyland is unique and better for a lot of reasons than yeah. Disney World because everything is all together. It is it's just all together. You're yep. not just going to Hollywood Studios and you don't have a castle anywhere near there. <laughs> so when you experience Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland, and yeah. know that all you got to do is walk through that tunnel and you're out in all of the magic kingdom elements and everything that's present there. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's such a different thing. Um, and I can say that having been to Disney world before. Yeah. So I love galaxy's edge experiencing galaxies Edge here in Disneyland, the way we did. And even in the COVID um, world that we're in pandemic, um, it was still remarkable. And, yeah. uh, and Joe got to experience it at night before I did. So I want him to talk about that. So, yeah. So, I mean, the, the first time we were there and I, I mean, speaking to what Trevor said, I haven't been to Walt Disney world and I can tell you Disneyland is better. Um, <laughs> That's another podcast because we'll, <laughs> we'll definitely <laughs> talk about the merits between the two. <laughs> um, but walking in, so like walking in to, to Batu and to galaxy's edge, it's so, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, it does feel like a completely different place. I mean, you walk in and like the, the, the ambiance of Disneyland is like, I mean, there's music 
everywhere. Everything yeah. is so is so detailed. Everything is so thought out. Everything is you know so specifically done in Disneyland that you know you walk from from one place to the other and your the music changes into different styles because of the different land that you're in and it does it in such a unique, fantastic way that you haven't even realized that that things have changed. Um, and you know the, the 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 cast members are you know in different in different garb and and whatnot. But when you walk into one of the three entrances of um, Galaxy's Edge, the thing that caught me the first time was that the music actually stops. There's no music in Galaxy's Edge. Um, the there's there is ambiance sound from a different world like you get you know you get the sound of 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 weird animals off in the in the bushes and you know crickets and and different things and one of the things that i loved um every time that i've been there they do with this with the you know the speakers is that they'll do um ships flying overhead like you'll hear a you'll hear a you'll hear a X-Wing fly overhead and it moves, it moves across the speaker. So it feels like it's going across. And every single time, especially the first time I was there, you look it up. I mean, you're looking up, looking for an X-Wing flying over the top of you. And so it's just that intentionality that they do. I mean, it's like, it is, they wanted it to be so drastically different than the rest of Disneyland that they just were like, I mean, like where we cut off, we cut off the music where, you know, you, you've walked into a completely different world. Um, you know, and so everybody there and this in that those first days, one of the things that I love, and you don't get that right now. Um, and Trevor was kind of alluding to it a little bit, is just the cast members and and the immersiveness of the whole mm-hmm. land. And, and and the things that I missed from the second trip is is like the the stormtroopers made made that place really, really, really good. Um mm-hmm. when they were walking around and they're interacting with people, yeah. um, like they would they would they would they would uh um, jump on people that were coming out of Sabi's workshop because they had their lightsaber out and they would, you know, they would, they would react to that. Um, you know, my daughter, Sydney was, was recording them one time with her phone and they would come up to her and started hassling her about, about giving her the, giving them their, her data pad. They her threaten data pad. you. It's incredible. Yeah. And it, the interaction with that was so good. And you, that's, one of the things that I missed from this next, this second, second part, even though they're yeah. there and the cast members still do a great job, but the, you know, the, the characters are, are separated out and you don't have quite that sure. immersiveness part of it that yeah. totally made that land super, super great. Yeah. You can tell the resources are down a bit because of that, sure. but it's, you know, there, it still remains. I mean, as you look around and Joe can speak to this too, but as you look around at some of the other things we got to experience um, at Disneyland on these, in these recent trips um, in general, there was a, there's a drop off, right? So it isn't just, isn't just the number um, of, of staff cast members available, but it's also yeah. there, you know, you just recognize, you know, all so many people are at Disneyland cause they're trying to overcome, you know, the trauma of the last year and they're just sure. they're mm-hmm. trying to rediscover some joy. And you just have to know like cast members are falling in that same camp, sure. um, just trying to get back to work, trying to get back to a sense of normalcy. And yeah. And some of that joy hasn't fully returned yet. And so there's, sure. there are some drop offs um, that, people who've gone and you can, you can read it in, in blogs and in Reddit threads and stuff. It's unfortunate, but it's kind of a, a reality there, but at galaxy's yeah. edge, I will, I'll say it again. Like, and Joe's right. Even though we didn't see the same level that we saw the first trips that we, that we had there, there's still so much of it there. And, and I, I don't know, Joe, you have to tell me if this is true. So he's, so he mentioned there are three entrances and which are, which are great. Like it's legit that you have three different ways to get in and out of the land. Cause it's one of the few places that doesn't feel totally bottlenecked in that right. regard. Um, the, there's a middle tunnel that you can walk through and the, the train goes overhead. Mm-hmm. Um, it's directly across from big thunder. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's by far my favorite. And when I was there this last time, they had music playing in the tunnel, but super subtle and not Disney music. It's very, yeah. it's very different and very unique to what you would expect um, if you're moving into the sci-fi realm. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like it's the next level of what they maybe attempted to do in Tomorrowland way back. Yeah. And yeah. and and the lighting. And I tell you what, if you only get a chance to go to Galaxy's Edge for a section of time in your yeah. trip, please go at night. Go yes. at least, or at least go 
uh, as it's turning from day to dusk Ooh, into night. That's a good tip. Because what you experience in those in those moments of you know, think of it from a from a geeky like if you're a true geek sci-fi Star Wars type fan. Yeah, the lighting effect that yeah. comes with this land. It's otherworldly. And yeah. that's to say nothing of if you happen to be there on a day and at the time that they happen to be showing fireworks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if those are launched at the same time. So real quickly, the Falcon. The thing I was most excited about experiencing the first trip. Yeah. I wanted to see the Falcon. Yeah. It does not disappoint. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And I'm not talking about Smuggler's Run. The ride yeah. has its own pros. Yeah. But I'm talking about actually seeing the ship. And I'll just yeah. speak to, I don't want Joe to go into more detail on this because, again, he got to experience that at night, the first his first trip. And I didn't. That is the second oh, trip that I got to. But there are two, there are at least two, if not three, um, kind of scale experiences that I had yeah. when I was there. One is the Falcon. They have an X-Wing. And then they've got a couple other ships too. Um, yeah. I won't give, give away all of it, but th just seeing them to scale and yeah. believing, like I believed I saw the Millennium Falcon when I was yeah. there. Yeah. It is unreal. Yeah. yeah, you walk in and I mean, pretty much from, from any of the ways that you come in, you, you eventually converge into this main downtown area. <clears throat> yeah where there's these shops and then down where the, the smugglers run ride is. And then, and then the millennium Falcon is right there. And it is such a, an awe-inspiring look, especially if, you know, you've grown up with this, this ship for so long and you've, yeah. you've pretended that you've driven it, you've, you know, and yes. that you've piloted it and, you know, you've built it out of Legos and, you know, you've done yes. all of those things. Yep. And then you walk in and you just go, yeah, that's real. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you walk right up to it, you take pictures, you know, so you can see the scale of it. And then the great thing, too, is the queue of Smuggler's Run actually takes you along besides you can see behind behind the engine or behind the, the thrusters and across the top. And it's just like the detail that it had to. I mean, they they had to have built an entire Millennium Falcon. Like a lot of times, you know, you could you could do those things and then you just build the front end of it because that's sure. all people see. Yeah. But you literally can see 365 degrees around the whole thing. And so it is an entire an, an entire ship. And then, you know, like Trevor was saying, it's coming in there at night. I mean, it is literally, and I've described this to everybody who's gone <laughs> or who wants to go, is that there are two completely different places in the daytime and the night. Yeah. Um, like it is, it is it is great and it is awesome and it is it is awe-inspiring to go during the daytime but you walk in at night and you just go i am absolutely on another planet um you know the lighting is all done different the crickets come out um the 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 market like as you walk if you walk in from from the the resist because they have them on two different sides. There's there's the resistance entrance and then there's right. the the first order first entrance order, yeah. and then there's the main entrance. And so if yeah. you come in from the resistance entrance and you walk through the market and you just walk up to the market and it's all lit up and they have these just otherworldly um chandelier lighting that that illuminates the whole place. And it is just you just kind of walk through there and just are like, Yeah, this is this is I'm off world and it's rad. Um and I remember the second time that I went, because like the first the first time that I went when we were doing the pre on that first trip, um, you know, we just busted through because we were I was I was trying to build a lightsaber and we were trying to get on Smuggler's Run and we we're trying to yes. do all these things in four yeah. hours, yeah, in four hours, and so we were just trying to make sure that we got it all in, yeah. Um, and the second time that I went, I didn't ride a single ride. I didn't do a single activity. Yeah. I sat and I watched people interact with cast members and I walked yeah. around to shops and I went and I looked, you know, in, into Doc Ondar's and it was, you know, it was just, I was just able to walk in and just experience everything. And that was oh, so good. So this kind of leads to my question of first time going. So somebody who's listening to this, they've not been to Galaxy's Edge yet and they're going they're planning their trip what do you recommend they do for that initial trip do they go and like prioritize between smugglers run right to the resistance building a lightsaber building a droid you know and like making sure you get those things done kind of like your first time in um or 
Do they go in, immerse, let themselves experience it, and then just get on rides as they can? What do yeah. you think would be it the was, better route to go? go? Yeah, so um, Rise of the Resistance is the greatest ride ever created oh. in a Disneyland park. Oh, that's high praise. High praise. I mean, it, I mean there there are happen. there are rides that are I mean that are nostalgic. I mean it's like I love I love them I love them all. I mean I love you know Space Mountain and I mean my my favorite ride is Haunted Mansion in in all of them. And um you know but what they do in Rise of the Resistance and without spoiling any of it it's like I mean we were talking about, you know, feeling like you're off world when you're in yeah. when you're in Galaxy's Edge they do things very specific within that ride to when you start the ride you feel like you are not just off world but you are in space um you know that you are just literally in space and that that they they must there's this is one room where they spent they must have spent a ton of money and you're only in that room for a little bit of time Mm -hmm. but it sells the whole ambiance of what this ride is about so if you had to choose between rise of the resistance or smugglers run like you only had time to do one or the other given the nostalgia of smugglers run piloting the millennium falcon walking through what would you tell people to do if they could only fast pass one of them or genie plus whatever they're calling it now it's i'll be straight with you it is an unfair question and and this is and this is this is the thing that and joe can speak to this i think um I I felt I felt a little bit I was I was underwhelmed a little bit with my first Smuggler's Run experience because my expectations were so high. Uh, that's good. But that's but, I, but but I will say this: we also were. It didn't feel like it at the time, but we were blessed by not having Rise of the Resistance available to us our first trip uh. because we were then able to focus exclusively on there was only one ride available yep. and then we just got to experience the land yeah and it was a, and it was a blessing i don't think we fully realized at the time mm. and now having gone back and getting a chance then to ride rise of the resistance for the first time because it wasn't there yet but knowing hey if i don't get to smugglers run it'll be okay because i've experienced this already yeah we got a chance i think to uh to live both dreams i I, I I want to answer the question, but it's it's hard because it's unfair. Um, to <laughs> to fully experience the Millennium Falcon the way Joe has described it, you actually have to go on the ride. For sure. So yes, you can see it, and yes, you can go behind it when you're in the queue for the ride. But to yeah. go on the ride means you actually get to see and walk yeah. through the tunnels and sit yes. down at the game. Yes. And, and feel as though you're in and flying and you can't miss that opportunity if you're yeah, a yeah. Star Wars fan. That's fair. I think as a Star Wars fan, that should be your priority. As That's a helpful. ride junkie and as someone who wants to experience the best quality ride and to understand yeah, yeah. the scale and scope of what went into Rise of Resistance, yeah. it, I don't think you can come away from it without riding both. I think you yeah. have to experience both. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. Um, the interesting thing about that, that you pointed out, Trev is the, for the diehard star Wars fans. So like for me, um, I, when JJ Abrams was directing force awakens and he talked about the first time he saw the millennium Falcon on set and he got to walk through, even though he was directing that movie, he was like, I'm a kid again. Right. And to me, when I see, when I've seen pictures of the Millennium Falcon at, at Galaxy's Edge, I always bring to mind the first time Luke walked in um, to the landing pad that the, where the Millennium Falcon was parked. And so, and to be able to experience that, the same feeling that that I had as a kid watching the movie of Luke walk, uh, and for me to be able to walk in and look up and to see the Millennium Falcon, like what for a me, piece of junk. That's what I really want to experience. <laughs> so I, I know when I go, if I had to choose between the two, even though I know Rise is amazing, I have to do Smuggler's Run because I just want sure. to experience that for myself mm-hmm. as a ride uh-huh. junkie. I want to experience Rise of the Resistance. Um, how much time? Now, the first time you guys went, you had four hours because that was a whole pre. You've gone, you've gone post, you know, COVID and everything. How much time 
if I'm planning out my Disneyland adventure trip, how much time should I dedicate to Galaxy's Edge in order to experience um, a proper amount? You know, like let's not do everything, but if I'm like, you know, I'm going for two days, I'm going for three days, I'm going for a week, whatever the case may be, how much should I dedicate to Galaxy's Edge? Oh, wow. Um, so a couple of variables in this. If you've been to Disneyland before, I think that's one way of answering the question. Mm, if, that's you've fair. Not, if you've not been to Disneyland before, it becomes a little bit harder. Yeah. But uh, if you've if you've experienced Disneyland and you're if you're going as a family and you're taking your kids and they're not so young that they don't remember experiencing Disneyland, then I think it's a great idea to spend um, you know more time than you maybe think at Galaxy's mm -hmm. Edge. We mm -hmm. we found mm -hmm. ourselves um, returning just to walk around. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if we've if we've ridden a couple rides and we feel like we're rided out for a minute and we're looking for a place just to chill, mm -hmm. a lot of times we just found our way back there because it's such a cool experience. And 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 I'll tell you this too, this be another point of our podcast, but there's no better shopping. There's no better shopping oh, yeah. anywhere in the park. So not even so, yeah, not even close. So if so if you were so one priority for you in addition to thinking about the rides is man, save your pennies. Um, not just to build a lightsaber, which is expensive, but also an amazing experience, not just to build a droid, which again, a really amazing experience and fun. And those mm -hmm. are spendy, but there are so many little trinkets, like the way they've set up these shops, Joe described it earlier, but like, it's, it's like you're going through a little town, uh, market and, mm -hmm. and there are so many little things that you can, mm -hmm. and, and, mm -hmm. and the shopping's amazing. So you need to give yourself time to experience. That's not just like walking through main street and going, hey, I'm going to duck in this store. Now, when you're in galaxy's edge, half of your time is spent walking through this market. Mm. So to enjoy that fully, I think you've got to give time to it. If you're going yeah. as a family, having not experienced Disneyland as a whole, it yeah. becomes harder because sure. you don't want to miss out on the magic of Main Street and Fantasyland yes. and some of these other yeah. places. Um, but if you've experienced Disneyland and you just haven't hit Galaxy's Edge yet, you better give it a day. And if you spend half mm. a day, one one day and half a day, another day, um, and at least part of that at night, that's that yeah. my tip. Yeah, it is. It is. It is easy to say. I mean, you could spend you could spend an entire day there. <clears throat> and then you come back and you realized how much you've missed yeah. from it. Um, you know, yeah. there's stuff that, that we, so we kind of had a same similar experience to Trevor, the, you know, we were there this last time for in Disneyland itself for five days and our, our third day, our second day inside of Disneyland, um, in the afternoon, somewhere around five or six, um, we ended up back in, in galaxy's edge and we found found a table outside of the docking bay seven there's an outside seating area um that's kind of enclosed and you have like a full you have full tables out there and we ate dinner and we sat there and we we set up camp and we were like we literally had that table until close like and we like we like the, the girls went off and they kind of did some stuff and then they left and went you know went to other parts of disneyland and then we you know then we come back and then mackenzie and i went, walked around the shops and and we had her parents that were there with us too and so they stayed for in that spot for a little bit and then we would come back and but like the most the most it's, it was, it's funny to say but like the most relaxing enjoyable spot to just be hmm is in is in galaxy's edge and so mm. and um and then kind of go out from there um and so yeah like like there was there there are so many little detailed things that you miss um like even to the, the point where um you know that there's there's uh you know messages and in writing on the walls that you can you can use the the Disneyland app to you know to do little missions around mm -hmm. the land um which we've never really had time to do but you can you can do those things and then there's things yeah. like you know like there's the, the water fountain where you fill up your bottles um and when you're pushing on the the water bottle the little creature the dianoga, from the dianoga yeah, from star wars <laughs> from the trash compactor pops up and starts looking around at you and those are things that you like like if you're just not in there and just yeah. like spending all of this time experiencing it, you miss all of this little stuff that you're like, yeah. these are very rewarding for long time 
Star Wars yes. fans. And that's a great way to say it. There's a there's a payoff that comes with you sitting long enough to notice it. I took pictures and video. My first trip, I was taking pictures and video of the trash cans. And the door and the doors right. and the doors that would slide open just to get um, into a shop and out of a shop. I mean, it's yeah. and then they've got sections that line the walls where they've just got cages of yeah. either trapped animals or or helmets. Um like picture picture the Ewoks hitting with with the hammers the yes. on the on the stormtroopers' helmets. Like yes. they've got those kinds of things stashed everywhere, flags up, and we haven't even talked about the food yet. Like there's mm-hmm. just so many there. little details like that that if you're a true Star Wars fan, you need to make time for. So that's really interesting. But even like he was he was saying too, like even the the even the bathrooms, like you walk into the bathrooms and they feel <laughs> otherworldly. Yeah. I do think that they missed they missed because you know like I said there's no music that's going on yeah in all of the land they missed they missed a, a, a moment of being able to walk into the bathroom and having Muzak version of <laughs> versions of Star Wars music in the bathrooms I think that would have been fantastic but like yeah, awesome. even the bathrooms are just are just they everything feels like it's done in a different world everything was done with into with specific intentions but I think that's really important is because if you're planning a trip to Disney, uh, specifically Disneyland, and you're looking at Star Wars Land, you're thinking, okay, we got two rides, you know, maybe we'll build a lightsaber, maybe we'll build a droid. Um, and so you probably would originally be thinking, I'm like half day, like I can do it in a half day. And so for you to be able to say, you know, if you're a Star Wars fan, um, that a full day would would begin to be enough. But Trev, I think you raised a very good point that if you have never been to Disneyland before, there's so much across the park to experience that you don't want to miss along with Galaxy's Edge. Um, Mm -hmm. So making sure that you get to experience that as well. Um, One more question before I jump into the food really, really quickly. You mentioned that there were three different entrances, the resistance side, the first order side, and then the middle side. Did you find one was better than another? Um, do you just use the one that's like less crowded? Is there one that's like a really, like, like Trev, you talked about the entrance that was across from Big Thunder Mountain. I have um, my favorite for sure. Yeah. I, but, but I think too, some of it's efficiency. So if you're yes. a park goer and you're trying to figure out, you know, the best, the best way to get to the thing I'm trying to get to first. Yeah, yeah. Um, so some of that takes, some of that takes precedent. Mm-hmm. Um, but just in terms of a fan, my favorite space was the middle entrance. Yeah. It takes you under the, takes you under the train. Okay. It's out. It's out direct from from Big Thunder, so it comes out of a space that isn't crowded already. Yeah. The other two entrances, you're kind of escaping some crowdedness. The top, mm. you know, the, the the north side entrance is coming out of Fantasyland, which is cramped. The south yep. side is coming out of Critter Country, which is a huge bottleneck right there by space by Splash Mountain and the yep. Hungry Bear. So yep. the middle section is my favorite for a lot of reasons. It just, but it doesn't take you immediately to rise. It doesn't take you immediately to like so for efficiency. There might be times when you would use the other entrances to get to something quicker. That makes the sense. middle section was by far my favorite in terms of the experience of entering the the space for the first time. It was yeah. incredible. So yeah, I agree with that too. The middle entrance is is when you're experiencing it, that's where you want to walk in from. When efficiency we were finding coming in on that entrance over by Critter Country um, usually seemed less crowded. It was there was not as much people that were coming through that way, but from hearing from a friend of mine who, um, shout out Chris Borth, um, who <laughs> is who was there just recently, um, now that that rise is off of um, the it's it's in a full standby mode now. Like, yeah. you can't get the reserved. Like that entrance is just that's where it crammed up. full of people because yeah. that's where that's where you that's a way to get to rise. So, point of clarity: the Critter Country entrance is that the Resistance side or the First Order side? It's the Resistance side. So, Resistance side is closest to the Rise of the Resistance, which kind of makes sense. So, does that mean yep. the uh, the other side, um, the First Order side, does that get you closer to Smuggler's Run? Um, it's about equal. It's about okay. equal time That's from helpful. the middle entrance yeah. or the top entrance. That's helpful. Yeah, because cool. it's. Smuggler's runs pretty much right smack dab in the middle towards the back. So you're coming to that. That's kind of the convergence spot. But that's a really good point too, to know that with rides, because you you raise a good point of the fact that they're not really, they're just going standby now with that, which means you're going to be waiting hours um, to do it. 
um, which means if you're trying to avoid that, just don't do the resistance side. Um, right. Do mm -hmm. either the middle or the first order side. Um, I do want to talk food because Disneyland has so many good options for food. Um, but I, I want to keep this into smugglers or to smugglers or to Galaxy's Edge. Um, but my question is when you are planning out your meals and things for Disney, do you include Galaxy's Edge food in that plan? Is there places there that you're like, you absolutely have the blue milk or whatever the case may be? What would you say is good food options um, for people doing Galaxy's Edge? So the I'm gonna let Joe start. You're both so excited. Let me tell you about this food. You brought up you brought up the blue and green milk, and it's fine for novelty. I I wouldn't plan to get blue and green milk. It's helpful. Try it. Try it. It's good. Is it just milk? No. But the there's there are a couple musts. I mean, the Ronto wrap is as good as any food in Disneyland. I think. Um, and it's just, it's, there's a little, little, um, just spot right outside of the, um, the shops, um, Ronto's roasters and it's, it is fantastic. Um, mm -hmm. the docking, docking bay seven has some really great food there too. They have a roast beef dish oh. that was to oh. die for. Trev, what about you? Yeah. So my, uh, I like the way you phrased the question because to be honest, I don't think I would plan to eat there. Okay. I, th I think it would be helpful to know what, um, what is there because Joe's right about what's available. Uh, the, but the primary reason I wouldn't, that I don't think I would plan to eat there is because it is, it is so, it's so, it's such a unique take. Like these aren't just, you're not just ordering. So let's say you got there for breakfast. We did breakfast there once. Yeah. Um, you're not, it's not, it's not just a normal like scrambled egg with, you know, red potatoes and, sure. and toast that they just call something else. Yeah. You know, they just they call it something Star Wars or Batuian. It's, it's very unique. So yeah. I, I found that it was more challenging for us to eat as a family in Galaxy's Edge than it was for us to find food other places in the park. That's some of, some of it, some of it is you've got to do the research. So you've got to know what the menu gives you. Yeah. But if you're going, if you're going with grown kids or you're going as adults, it's phenomenal. And there's, yeah. and there are so many great things, but my, I struggled to find things for my kids that would really fill them up and that they really enjoyed. Um, I also just a quick reference to the blue and green milk. The green is horrendous. <laughs> I, we could, I could barely, I could, I could barely, I could barely stomach it. The blue, the I actually, okay. I actually had it more than once because it wasn't just a fun novelty. It was actually kind of tasty, but um, I will also make a pitch here for Oga's Cantina. So the Cantina um, is probably, that's probably where I spent the most money on food in the entire park experience. The first time I went really, because it's incredibly difficult to be in there and not feel like you need to get something that is very exclusive. You can yeah. get a drink and the drink isn't expensive by itself, but it comes in a novelty collectible mug. And, you know, so I got this like porg mug that was, and it was phenomenal. Yeah. The experience of simply being in the cantina is unreal. I loved it. I'm glad I did it. I did it once. I don't think I need to go back again anytime soon. But the food there isn't necessarily like it's more they're serving alcoholic drinks and then there's a few options that aren't alcoholic. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, my take on the food is that if you're going as adults, enjoy it. Um, try all the new things. It's incredible. It's unique. It's very, it's very different. If you're going as a family, I think it's hard, especially if you've got young kids, to yeah. plan to eat a full meal there and get what you get what you need to get. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. <laughs> My experience on Olga Tech Cantina was was different. So it yeah, it is it's cool. They have they have you know some very very fun takes on you know what the cantinas look like and you know the things that you can look at and experience on the wall and and you know Rex DJ Rex is fantastic. Um, and part of this could be my 
my introvertedness too and my kind of recluseness um but like you know already being in disneyland where there's where there's shoulder to shoulder people inside the cantina was just it was for me it was almost overwhelming there was just so many people and and like they they push you up onto the bar which is fun for you know for a good for a while and you kind of look around and see the things and then and then i'm looking for the door because it's like there's just so much going on and the things that i wanted to see as far as a cantina like i just wanted to see like alien creatures and you know people that were you know otherworldly within that spot and i'm looking around it's like it's just us it's just us humans and we're kind of bored so That's phenomenal. That's so awesome. we had, I had a chance to do it both the, the first time that we went and then um, Mackenzie and I got onto a standby line and got in, got in the second time when we were here recently. And I kind of had the same experience. I was like, I was hoping that it was going to be different. And I was like, right. mm, yeah, okay, I'm done. This is good. This is this is helpful because this allows people that are listening in to try to figure out, you know, what kind of experience you're looking for. Um, and I think the the difference between having a family with older kids versus a family with younger kids, you're going to plan sure. differently yeah. for, for your trip when you do that. And I think that's really yes. helpful. Okay. We're going to wrap this up. Closing question is this. If there was one souvenir to get out of galaxies, this is an unfair <gasps> question, Trevor. Unfair question. But I'm, I'm looking at people that are like, you know, you've got to do this you've got to get this what is the one thing that they should definitely get from galaxy's edge um before they call it a trip it has okay so you have to take budget into consideration but i'm i'm being dead serious if you have the budget and you have planned accordingly you need to build a lightsaber lightsaber because it's an experience it's not just uh here's your lightsaber I just, you just get to a point where you're like, will I ever do this again? Will I ever get back to right. Disneyland? Yep. Where I, will I ever go to Galaxy's yep. Edge again? Um, you come out of, you know, a couple of years like we've been in and you're just like, oh my word, the unthinkable. They shut the whole park down for a year and look at yep. everything else that shuts down. If you're yep. a Star Wars fan and you get a chance to go to Disneyland and go to Galaxy's Edge and you've planned and you have the budget, build a lightsaber. Okay. Yeah, uh, I would agree. I mean, with, with, the the big scale things that you must come out with building a lightsaber is absolutely one of them and the 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 things that they do in that show because it's not i mean it's not just going and and building a lightsaber it is you go in and and the cast members put on a show of this whole experience and it is done in timing with lighting and it's done in timing with music in the background. Like you feel like you're in the movie. There's a specific point where you're like something goes on and then the force music comes up over the head of you, the top of you. And I remember the first time I was there, I looked at Mackenzie and I'm like, I feel like I'm in the movie right now building a lightsaber. Like the timing of it is perfect. Yeah. Um, and so that experience coming out with that thing. And I mean, that's that is probably the 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 one souvenir that you have to come out with um if you're looking at little scales i was talk, talking to you guys about this right before the, the we started recording but this yeah. was this is like my favorite like little memento thing and there's a story that goes on to it so when galaxies are first galaxies that first opened up when you went to docking bay when you got your meal they gave you you when they put down the cutlery they gave you a spork that looked like this weird, like off-world type thing, spork, that you ate your meal with, and and they stopped. They stopped putting them out there because everybody was stealing. They them. stole them. Uh, yeah, horrible. everybody's pocketing. I didn't get one the first the sporks. Trip. Joe, yeah, and so by the time, and this was this was in this was in the <laughs> <laughs> this was in the uh, um, the the time when you're reserving it, and so by the time that Trevor and I, even just in that first month. They weren't putting sporks out anymore because everybody no. was stealing them. This was before, yeah, before they even <laughs> opened up the land um, fully. And then about a, about what nine months, a year later, they they you could buy this, you could buy a spork. Yes. And so I bought a spork. Yes. <gasps> I bought a spork, and it comes in a little baggy thing. We got one um, too. And I remember Second I bought trip. it. I bought it when we first got there and the girls laughed at me so hard because I clipped it the outside of my back and I ate every meal in any <laughs> land, Disneyland or California Ventures with my, I would whip out my spork and I'd stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's, that is 
fantastic. And that's honestly where we are going to put a pin in this topic. I have a feeling just based on our conversation, we could probably go like hours talking about tips and tricks of what to do with Galaxy's Edge. And here's the deal, folks. If you're listening in, if you've been to Galaxy's Edge, we want to hear from you as well. Like share out on our Facebook group and, and our Instagram. What are some of the tips and tricks that you have for Galaxy's Edge? Whether you've done Disneyland or the Disney World version, we'd love to hear your stories um, because that's part of the fun of all of this, of all things Star Wars, is that shared experience that we get to do together. So please look us up. If you're not following us, follow us because we would love to hear your stories as well. Also, if you've got questions about things that we experienced or things that you've heard about, pop yeah. those in the chat too. Um, and we would tell you, we'd tell you a little more info about it. That's awesome. Well, hey, Trevor and Joe, I appreciate your years of expertise that comes with Galaxy's Edge attendance. The fact that you have a collective five attendings uh, between the two of you, both pre and post COVID means you are just a wealth of knowledge. And I appreciate you sharing the glimpse of that knowledge with us this podcast episode. And that's gonna wrap it us for, and that's gonna wrap it us. <laughs> try that again. And that's gonna wrap it up for us. <laughs> I, that's really tough to say. He's <laughs> going to wrap it up for us. That's not robotic at all. <laughs> you better Jeff, edit this part out, Joe. I'm not a robot. No, I am not a robot. That's going to wrap it up for us at We Three Beards. Thank you all so much for listening in. Until the next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Trevor. I'm Joe. And we'll see you. We'll s- see you again. Bye, Beardos. <laughs>